When I met Sam, he was 29 years old. He was worth $20 billion. He was the darling of Washington, Silicon Valley. When he would say things like, I'm gonna buy Goldman Sachs next, people actually believed it. But according to prosecutors, it was all a lie. Sam Bankman-Fried's FTX, a crypto trading exchange, imploded, was forced to declare bankruptcy and froze billions of dollars in customer assets. And with that came federal charges, charges that Sam Bankman-Fried has pled not guilty to and the prospect of decades in jail. So how did Sam Bankman-Fried go from being the once future of finance to standing accused of being the biggest financial fraudster since Bernie Madoff? To answer that question, we talked to Zeke Fox, the author of Number Go Up, a book that examines crypto and Sam Bankman-Fried's fall from grace. But before we get into how Sam built up FTX, a quick primer on what he's accused of. Sam Bankman-Fried controlled two different companies. One was FTX, the company that had Larry David and Tom Brady promoting it. Here's my boy Sam from FTX. We're at Crypto Bahamas Conference. And then there was the lesser known one, Alameda Research, a crypto hedge fund also owned by Sam Bankman-Fried that traded on FTX. You know, Sam controlled Alameda Research and FTX, right? Compared to traditional finance, how unconventional a relationship is that? That would never be allowed in traditional finance. It's like if you ran an online poker website and then you also were one of the biggest gamblers on that website, there would be a huge temptation for you to cheat and look at everybody else's cards. There were always questions about the relationship between FTX and Alameda. What we've learned now from the federal indictment against Sam Bankman-Fried is that because of the crypto crash, Alameda lost a ton of money. To cover that, allegedly, it raided billions of dollars of users' funds. When you go buy chips at a casino, you expect your money's gonna be there when you wanna leave. To lose the customer's money uh, while they're all thinking they're playing at a fair casino is totally unforgivable. On top of all that, he's also accused of money laundering and conducting an illegal campaign finance scheme. So how did Sam Bankman-Fried's alleged crimes fly under the radar of Silicon Valley, Wall Street, and Washington, D.C.? First, his image. The rumpled outfits, the beanbag that he slept on. He didn't appear to be your typical CEO. He was definitely aware that the way that he behaved made him seem like this really authentic, down-to-earth, nerdy guy. I don't think it was totally fake, like Elizabeth Holmes's voice, but he realized this worked to his advantage, and rather than get a nice haircut and put on a suit, he was like, no, I'm gonna, having my hair as crazy as possible is actually gonna help me raise money at a $50 billion valuation next. He cultivated the image of his companies. Using his mega-sized checkbook, FTX poured millions of dollars into advertisements, starring some of the biggest names in Hollywood. I'm not an expert, and I don't need to be. With FTX, I have everything I need to buy, sell, and trade crypto safely. But what exactly was FTX paying for? It really was to give the whole operation an air of legitimacy and to make people not think, hey, is this actually like a sketchy offshore casino where you go bet on all sorts of random coins and like maybe you're gonna lose your money. Instead it's like, oh, look at the cuddly nerd who's friends with Tom Brady. But he was also opening up his checkbook in DC, buying access to politicians on both sides of the aisle. 
Sam Bankman-Fried spent millions of dollars on Democratic campaigns. But according to the indictment, he's also alleged to have secretly sent money to Republicans as well, all to influence lawmakers to change the rules in his favor. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me. And last, he cultivated an open relationship with the media. Sam Bankman-Fried talked nonstop to the press. He was known amongst tech journalists as someone who would actually respond to his DMs. He invited everyone and anyone to come down to the Bahamas. It was all meant to cultivate this image of transparency in a notoriously shady industry. That accessibility made him extremely popular with the press. It gave him this image as the only honest guy in crypto. Nobody really stopped to think he's essentially running what's at best like an offshore casino and he's in the Bahamas because the stuff that happens on FTX wouldn't be legal in the US.